Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast today. So I want to talk to you guys today about one of the most significant revelations and breakthroughs that I've had in my life. And that might sound like hype, but I'm being completely honest. Chances are you might struggle with something like this, or you know someone who does. And Today we're talking about how we validate our feelings. So we're talking about the difference between being an others validated person and a self validated person. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you're in luck. By the end of this podcast, you will know exactly what this is and which one you are. But I found myself in a counseling session. I know I talk about that a lot. I've had a lot of counseling and I love it. And I strongly encourage people to get counseling. And even if it's just from a a trusted friend and mentor who knows more about life than you do, we need people to speak into our lives. And I was at a counseling retreat actually, and um, was talking about my marriage and talking about my life and just, you know, as one does in that setting. And one of the sessions, the counselor handed us a piece of paper and on this paper was a story. And it was a story about a birth, a birth of a child, the first child for this couple and the reactions that the husband and the wife had to the birth. And then the end of the story was about whether or not um, you are a self-validated person or an others validated person. And essentially the story was about the woman having the baby and she was really overwhelmed with positive emotion and just experiencing sort of the high of life, just the most, the pinnacle moment of her life and looks over and says to her husband, isn't this the most amazing thing we've ever experienced or something along those lines. And he was still focused on what he just witnessed from the birth, the actual like, you know, gore and grossness that is birth from that angle. And He just looked at her and said, uh, yeah, and he did agree with her, but his tone and his demeanor was still very much stuck in what he had just witnessed. And this woman just begins to spiral downward and feel very sad. And she began to doubt the feelings that she was having and began to basically think, well, if he's not agreeing with me and he doesn't feel this in the same way, then I must not be feeling this correctly. And as the descriptions went on, I was searching them, trying to figure out which one am I? Because the counselor had handed us this paper and had said simply, I want you to find yourself in this story. Don't talk about it to each other. Just decide which one are you and then we'll talk about it together. So Grant reads the story and immediately finds who he is. And I read the story and I couldn't figure out which was the better choice. And uh, that's very indicative of me. I wanted to make the right choice and I just could not hone in on whether that was the self-validated person or the others validated person. The reason was because I knew I was an others validated person, but I was determined to not think that was bad. So I kept looking for validation in the story to prove that I was not an others validated person in a bad way. And it's just not there. So as we began to unpack this with the counselor, what I began to realize was my entire framework of living 
all of my perspective, the way that I felt about life was all dependent on having someone else confirm that that was accurate. And we don't think we're doing that in the moment, but we do it by this sort of need to feel collectively that we want to have the same experience. Let me give you a great example. My brother, David, he is one of my best friends. He's one of the people who's closest to me. He's known me my entire life. He's my older brother. And there is, um, uh, how do I say this? Like a niche of our humor that only he and I get with each other. So there are times where we will be laughing in such a way that we're both crying and we can barely even say words. And yet somehow we know exactly what we're saying. And it is one of my favorite things about life. When this happens, typically his wife and my husband stand there looking at us like we're idiots. And my parents have also felt that more than their fair share as well. But I remember leaving a movie time and again, and all of a sudden we would just start shooting back and forth between which quotes we thought were the funniest and hashing it out and talking about how a certain scene made us feel. And there was a collectiveness to our emotion that caused the emotion to feel that much more incredible. And then I married someone who is very even keeled, who has very little emotional swings. Now he has emotions, but they don't swing from high to low very often like mine do, which let's be honest, is an amazing thing for me because we don't need to both be on this roller coaster. But nonetheless, I discovered that I would feel like we were not feeling the same things. If I was having an experience that felt to me like cloud nine and he looked on his face like it was maybe cloud level four, then all of a sudden I would start questioning, is this really cloud nine? Is this really as great of an experience that I thought that it was? What was happening in our life, the byproduct of this was that I was angry with him all of the time because I felt without being able to articulate it, that he was robbing me from the real joy of my life. Because I wasn't able to somehow feel it collectively, it felt like he was actually taking it away. Now, that wasn't true, but that was what was actually lurking in my soul, those kinds of thoughts that you don't know how to put words to. So in this counseling session, this is what came out, was this understanding that I had basically given him a gavel to justify, yes, you're feeling this way, no, you're not. Or rather, I should say, to be able to stamp the gavel down and say, yes, you're correct that this is what you should feel. And no, you shouldn't be feeling this way. And I put that in his hand and I basically gave him permission to steward my emotions, which is not a godly thing. So by the end of this counseling session, I felt like my entire framework of my life was like torn into a million pieces and I was trying to figure out where do I go from here. Now that sounds bad and it felt a little bad, but it actually felt exceptionally hopeful because what I recognized was So much of my disappointment came from what I thought my husband would think or feel based on what I wanted to think or feel. And it was a cycle that was leading me down a pit of despair. And I, all of a sudden, with all my pieces laying out in front of me, I realized it didn't have to be that way. I actually realized I could restructure my life in a way where I could validate my own feelings. Now, I didn't want to do that. It's been, I don't know, eight years. I still don't really want to do that. But the fruit of my life has made it so worth it. Now, I think everyone should do that. And here's what it looks like. Essentially, an others validated person is someone who needs to feel that other people are sharing that feeling for it to be true. 
A self-validated person just feels what they feel and that's the end of the story. Yes, they feel good. No, they feel bad. And whether you are sharing in that or not does not affect them. It doesn't adjust the intensity of their feeling whatsoever. They just feel. Those of us in my camp are going, oh, maybe this is too much. Oh, maybe I was missing something and there was more joy to be found in this situation. Oh, maybe this is awkward and I shouldn't have looked at it as a positive thing or et cetera, et cetera. So again, for me, what happened was I began to realize I'm missing out on the good things of life. Why? Because we don't really need someone to validate our negative emotions, do we? I mean, when we feel angry, straight up, we are angry. Like you're not going to talk someone out of being angry by saying, are you sure you should be angry about that? And all of a sudden they think, well, you're not angry, so maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that might be true in very small offenses. But when we're talking about someone is flaming hot mad, that's not really, they don't need your permission to feel mad, right? They just are. If we're talking about sadness, if we're talking about really anything that has to do with negativity, criticism, that's how you feel. And you're not really looking to see if someone else feels that way too, because you just know this is how I feel. So others validation, that mentality is just robbing you of the good things in life, the joyful moments, the peaceful moments, the happy times. Here's what it looked like for me. I left that counseling session and I just made a declaration to myself. I don't want to be like this anymore. All of a sudden, I realized how much power I had given to my husband who didn't want it, by the way. He wasn't interested in having that place in my life, which furthered the issue as well. But I had given him so much power over my emotions and I just thought, okay, I've got to figure this out. And what I began to notice was, and maybe this is just like my hyper self-awareness, but when I would be in conversations and we were talking about an experience we had, like we were in the same church service and we were talking about what God was doing and I'm like, wow, God is doing this and he's birthing this and it's so exciting. And I would look over and he would look like that wasn't what he was thinking. Let me give you a hilarious example. This was from after I got this issue in check, but we were at the Teen Titans Go movie a couple years ago. So I don't recommend this movie. One of my kids wanted to see it and we thought, what a way to spend a Saturday. So we took him to go see this movie. It's such a silly story. It's a cartoon and it wasn't even a good one like Frozen or something, you know, where you really enjoy it. And the whole time I'm fighting back tears because I'm seeing a God story play out in this ridiculous little children's movie. And I'm like having so much insight from the Lord. God is speaking to me this crazy stuff. And I'm just like on cloud nine and we walk out of the movie and my kids are talking about, did you like it? Did you not like it? They were, you know, giving it maybe like a six plus, maybe a seven on the scale of 10. And I'm like, we get in the car and I look at Grant and I said, wow, that was one of the most intense spiritual experiences I've had in a long time at Teen Titans Go, people. And Grant looks at me and he's like, were we in the same movie just now? Was this the same experience? Because I thought that movie was garbage. Now, he didn't say that in the earshot of my children or our children, but that's how he felt. And I was laughing and I said, you know, yes, we were in the same movie. Did you not think when this scene happened, that was God, that was how it is with the kingdom and how people in the fivefold ministry and I'm saying all this stuff and he's looking at me, he literally starts laughing out loud and he's like, you're crazy. So several years ago, if that same experience had happened and when things like that would happen, I would start to question, is it really okay for me to have had a God moment about that? Is it really okay for me to have really enjoyed that moment? Like, let's just keep going on the kids movie front. Um, Frozen was one of the only movies I've ever taken my kids to twice in a theater because it was just that good, right? 
And uh, man, I would blast the soundtrack when they weren't in the car. And I remember at that season of my life, God was breaking me out of some of the patterns from my past. He was breaking me into more of my calling and I would let, let it go play. And I would sing along and I would just openly weep y'all. I'm nuts. Okay. I'm crazy, but this is what would happen. I would be singing, let it go. And I would just be having this cathartic experience of letting go of religion, letting go of bondage, letting go of my limitations and, and stepping into who God had made me to be as a woman, as an ice princess, as a, I don't know. And if I was still stuck in the other's validated mentality, number one, I could probably never admit that to you. And number two, I would be wondering if you thought that was okay. If you thought that was too childish, too silly, too whatever, but instead I'm just owning that that's what it was. And it was miraculous for me. It was glorious. It was heaven coming to earth in my car through my sniffles, through the frozen fractals all around. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Listen, we have to make this decision to not be others validated people because especially with positive emotions and with our relationship with God, those are the two categories that get robbed when we need someone else to validate us. When you have a moment with Jesus and it's profound and it bears fruit in your life, that's all you need to know for sure that was God. Because why? We test the spirits by the fruit they produce. That's what the Bible tells us, right? So if something is producing good fruit in you, it's not from the devil. If it's truly good fruit, right? So when we are others validated, then we listen to someone else who says, well, I don't know. I've never had an experience like that. Well, are you sure that it wasn't this or, or whatever? And we, we've now given them power to say to us what we've had with God. And then it robs just a little bit of our confidence in what God has done for us. So what I decided to do was when I would feel myself reaching in a conversation, and what do I mean by that? I mean, I would feel my soul beginning to reach out and want to be validated. That's the only way I know how to explain it. I hope that makes sense. I just called it out. I told my husband after that um, counseling retreat and I pulled my two best friends who, um, two of my close friends who were actually living with us at the time. And I said, listen, guys, I need to be able to articulate this out loud because I want to get this out of my life. I want to be done with it. And I believe what God is saying to me is that I need to confess it when it's happening so I can retrain my mind. Now, I didn't do this to strangers or people that, you know, just anybody. I did this to the people who knew me the best, who were in my life on a daily basis. So we'd be in a conversation and I'd be saying something to Grant, like the Teen Titans Go movie, right? Like, wow, this is so amazing. And I would see him not validating me. I would feel it. I would feel that I was reaching for him to echo what I was saying. I was looking for expressions on his face to chime in and be like, yes, wasn't that freaking amazing? And when I would feel that reaching, I would stop and I would say, time out. Would you pause your story for a moment or whatever he was saying or whatever I was saying? And I would, I would just declare, listen, I'm reaching right now to be validated by you. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying right now, I want to call it out and confess it. And I did this for about a month on a regular basis. Like every time I felt that way, I would call it out. And eventually, little by little, I began to notice that reaching feeling before it was actually trying to rob me and I could put it in check before it actually became a true feeling, right? Like it didn't, it didn't overwhelm me. And then I began to be proactive about it and I could tell which types of conversations were going to cause that reaching feeling. And then it just went away. The moment I realized it went away was one of the most hilarious moments of my life. So here's what happened. I was uh, through a birthday party for Grant. So it was like 
it was in May. And so this counseling retreat happened in August. So we're talking about like eight or nine months. You do the math of, of the time between where I had been actively working on this in my life. So I had a couple of friends, you know, this was the first birthday party that we gave ourselves permission to only invite the people that we wanted to be there. And if you're in ministry, you know exactly what that's like. That you, We are includers. We are included in people where it doesn't matter how close we are. If you're in our circle, if you're in our small group, man, you're going to be invited because that's the kingdom, right? But on this particular time, we decided we were only going to have close friends come to this um, dinner. We made the reservations on the lake or well, lake. Okay. LOL. If you live in Oklahoma city, then you know what I'm talking about on Lake Hefner. It feels like a lake if we're not in a drought and there's actually water and the boats aren't sitting on the dry ground. So we had this patio dinner and it was beautiful and it was a great night. Right. And we were celebrating Grant and I had given him some presents that day. We had a friend that came in town who was driving with us and So we're driving on our way home. Grant's driving. I'm in the front seat. So I said to him, did you have a good time tonight? Now, ladies, you know, that was not all I wanted to know. My question was loaded, right? They always are. I wanted to know, did you enjoy the food? Did you feel loved and cared for? Did you feel like this was a great birthday? Did you feel celebrated? Um, You know, was there anything that was blazingly wrong about this? Now, this is me as a party planner. I don't think that every person is supposed to put this much thought into birthdays, but I love this kind of stuff. So it was not a burden to me. I wanted to do this. And so I'm saying to him, did you have a good time? And he, without taking his eyes off the road, in this exact inflection goes, yeah, super simple. There was no raving. There was no extra words. And I was like, okay, we drive another, I don't know, half mile or so. And I said, oh my gosh, I just realized I didn't even care how you answered my question. And he was like, wow, that's amazing. And our friend in the back seat was like, what are you talking about? And I realized in that moment I did not need validation from him at all. I didn't question what he said. I didn't second guess myself. The party was good. I knew it was good. He had just said it was good. And that was enough. You guys, this was huge breakthrough for me. This was such an important moment in my life. Because why? Because I realized in that moment, I was changed. I had breakthrough. I had new life coming out of me. Yes. I wanted him to answer yes, but I didn't care how he answered. Yes. Does that make sense? From that point forward, man, I would consider myself now in a self-validated category. Now I do have moments where I feel a little others validated, where I feel a little bit like I want to feel collectively. I mean, I'm a woman. This is something that women do. We want to share experiences together, but by and large, I'm really okay to own the emotions that I'm having and to revel in them, whether they're good or bad. Now, I hope I'm not wallowing in them, but I'm allowing them to be there because they're real. This is what I want for you guys. I want to encourage you. If you feel like you're an others validated person, then wage war on that. Make the decision to not do that, to not let that part of you rob anything else from you. One of the times that this gets the worst, where it gets the most tricky is when we're talking about holiday or birthday type times where there's an expectation of something happening. It could be Easter, Christmas, Valentine's Day, your birthday, your anniversary, whatever. But these big moments where we have an expectation of what we're going to feel, maybe that's through pop culture, through social media, whatever, but we know the feeling we're trying to get to and gosh darn it, I want to feel that, right? And then when you start feeling like other people aren't getting to that same place, then it's like, ah. 
Now, if you're not a feeler, maybe this is an entirely different conversation for you. But for those of you that are like me and we do have emotions and they're real and they are intense, this is a real deal. I want to encourage you, man, get a vision for what it looks like to not be a slave to other people's opinions of your feelings. That's what I had to do. I had to go, all right, Christmas, Valentine's Day, uh, birthdays, anniversary, all of these things where there's this expectation of how I want to feel in that moment, then I've got to do whatever I need to do so that I'm not dependent on anybody else to validate that feeling, right? Sometimes that means that I become the one to plan things. now, Now here's where it gets tricky. You can't do this out of resentment. It can't be because you're just annoyed and you're mad and so I'll do it because you won't. You have to do it because you're protecting yourself, because you're growing yourself, because you're taking control for yourself, which again is the only legal control in the kingdom. So this didn't, this didn't have any negativity um, that played out in my life because I wasn't upset that I was doing it. It was my decision. It was my vision to take the reins of my life and quit allowing myself to be so um, susceptible to someone else's emotional state. And the beautiful thing is the more that I went down that road, the more I could actually appreciate what was happening in that moment. I could appreciate the varying things that people felt while maybe one person is feeling really great about it and someone else is having a conflict because it awakened something in them that wasn't so good and everything in between. And now all of a sudden I don't feel guilty because I had a good time, even though someone else didn't or vice versa. I don't feel sad because I was struggling with something that took place that should have been a beautiful moment, right? Here's another example. And I'll end with this. We took our kids to Disney World a couple years ago. We were big Disney fans. We love doing that. And uh, while we were there, we went to the Frozen um, live show. And it's a very emotional show. Well, for me anyway. I'm sure other people didn't feel that way. But I cried my way through half that stinking musical. I was pregnant with Grace. And I was thinking about our son that we lost. And I was just feeling a lot of intense things. And my kids were having the best time. And because I was no longer others validated, I was able to sit there and feel and connect with God in my sadness while they were having the time of their life. And when the fake snow started falling inside of the place and I started crying because I was emotional, I was hormonal as a pregnant woman with, you know, with grace and also feeling all these different things. And I just gave myself to be who I was in that moment. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful to feel sadness in the midst of so much joy in the room. Now, how could I actually articulate that? Well, Because I got a vision for what it looks like to be a self-validated person. And now my emotions are not hinged on anyone else's. And that's what I want for you guys. We got to do that if we're going to be our best self with Jesus. If we're going to perfect the art of being you, if we're going to get good at being ourselves, then we have to own what we feel regardless of what anybody else feels. Not wallow in it. That's not what we're talking about. But we got to own it. We got to work ourselves through it. All right, you guys, I hope this is helpful for you and um, I hope you're having an amazing week and I hope you are feeling all the things that you want to feel. Amen. All right. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.